0: Hello and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message.. I want to bring you this message today? Fear to faith. Fear to faith. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to Mark chapter 5 and verse 35. Mark chapter 5 and verse 35. And it says that while Jesus yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house Certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? You see, he had already come to Jesus saying, my daughter is sick. Will you come and lay hands on her? And then everybody in the world on the way had to stop Jesus and I can only imagine that Jairus in his heart, the anxiety of thinking, i got to get home to my kid. i got to get home to my kid. i got to go. And somebody else stops Jesus and takes a little more time. And now a ruler shows up and says, your daughter is dead. There's no use in bothering Jesus anymore. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today again, and help me to deliver this word. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit, and speak this through me in the most understandable terms. Father, that we would get it. And we do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever received information that instantly all of the strength left you? Have you ever gotten a report out of the blue and everything that had been on your mind and everything that had been going well and everything you were busy with and everything you were involved in and you, you kind of had a thing going, you knew what you were doing today and a report came that in a moment turned all of it around and you were stripped of strength. In that moment, you were debilitated. It took you. You felt like the life left you. You got that punch to the gut. All the breath left. Am I talking to anybody yet? Years ago, there were some uh, precious people at the church, dear friends, And they got they got so wrapped up in negative news and trying to make things correspond to what they believed were going to happen in end times. And what they were saying was so supercharged with fear. They showed up one day at the church and they said, this just came in the news, and this came in the news, and they had a chart. They had asked if they could meet with us after church to tell us, it's all here right now. It's, all, it's coming down the pipe. It's happening. And they told all the things that were unfolding, and they, they, he said this. He said, right now, while we are talking, He said Black Hawk helicopters are actually flying over St. Louis and dropping, uh, I don't know the term he used, but soldiers, whatever, down ropes into the city with M16s. He said, right now, he said tanks are rolling through the streets of St. Louis. He said they're coming after Christians. He said it's right now while we're talking. He said as fast as they're putting the videos on YouTube, they're taking them down so you can't find it. He said they're coming after Christians. He said, and number one, they're coming after pastors. He said, and even more than that, they're coming after the radical grace gospel preaching pastors. He said you are the first people they're looking for. Uh, You're going to want to have this in your house. He said they're going to show up at your door. There was a demon spirit that entered in on the information he was sharing. I was rattled, but it nearly took Rose out. Rose, in her life, had never dealt with anxiety, had never dealt with fear. And in that moment, something entered in, and it come over her mind... And it rattled and destroyed her living. She could not look at our children for about four months without losing it. It came in and robbed her life, this debilitating fear. You know, demon spirits live on lies and they live on false doctrines and wrong beliefs. The news is pumping people full of this stuff every day. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians are buying what they're selling. It's funny because before that moment, everything was fine. By the way, there were no tanks destroying St. Louis or Black Hawk helicopters. But anyway... In a moment, a piece of information ruined her. Whether it was true or not. Whether it was true or not. It was not whether or not it was happening that crippled her, it was hearing that information coming into her mind that crippled her. Does anybody hear what I'm telling you? Before the pandemic, people were just starting to hear about COVID and these kind of things. And my my mom and I, we were sitting at the office building that I was just in until last week and we were sorting through some things. And there was a young lady from the church. Don't try to figure it out. There was a young lady from the church, and she was visiting with us that day and helping us to sort some things. And we're having a good day. And Rose messaged me, and she said, hey. She said, this COVID thing, she said, they're actually... uh, Quarantining Do you remember when President Trump, when the first report came out that we were going to quarantine for 15 days so we could get all this under control? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, she said, "Hey, they're issuing a 15-day quarantine. She said, "The kids are not going to have school for 15 days. What can you imagine? The kid's not going to school for 15 days? Anyway, I I read it, and then I said to my mom and and the girl sitting there, I said, Hey, I said, this is nuts. I said, They're quarantining. This little girl all of a sudden was gripped with fear. She said, Oh my gosh, I got to get home. I got to get home and get closed up in my house. I said, Hold on a minute. I said, Take a deep breath. I said, there's nothing in this building right now that was not here five minutes ago. <laughs> you're not going to suddenly get it because you're not in your house. I, I got to go. I got I to get home. Information. There was something about that report Tristan I love this guy man he's just hooked on every word <laughs> he just he's just listening there was something about the information that for her it touched something inside and she freaked she changed the entire course of her day she cleared her calendar She could not even sit there for a few more minutes. All of a sudden, she was in danger sitting there at the table with me and my mom. Fear. The report gripped her and stripped her and debilitated her. She couldn't function, she couldn't think about anything anymore. She had to get to the safe place. I got to get home and get closed up in my house. Whew. I've got to hide. I got to get cut off from the I've got to get where whatever the threat is cannot get me. It's different for everybody. Different information destroys different people. It's kind of like kids can watch a TV show and it might not even be anything scary, but they'll see some particular thing and it scares them and they have nightmares about it. And somebody else, it never even crossed their mind. Just different things scare different people. Are you with me? Yeah. So I'm curious have you ever gotten that call? We'll just call it that call. For Rose, it was army tanks rolling through St. Louis, which I think is a pretty legit thing to be scared of, you know. Did you guys know in St. Louis there were army tanks going through and destroying your cities? Oh, you didn't see them. So, for this one, it was that word quarantine. To them, it was like, oh my God. For you, maybe it was something different, but at some point in your life, you got that call. Have you ever gotten that call? That your life was over, at least for the time. One minute, everything was normal, and the next minute, for you, everything had changed. And you thought, my God, my life, it's over. My life, this will never be the same I won't rise above it. This changes everything. I won't make it through this. I might exist, but I won't really survive. Has it happened? Jairus had just gotten the call. Jairus had just received. That information, don't bother Jesus anymore. There's no point now messing with him. Your 12-year-old is already gone. That's what it does. That's what that voice does. That's what that fear does. It says it's pointless now. You prayed, but you don't need to pray now. Don't bother Jesus anymore. We're after the fact it's over. It has changed. There is no more life. It has ended for you. The thing is done. And it strips you. And in that moment, it changes you. Things change in your brain. You see things different than you ever saw them before. And now you live in it. And it's embedded and it's it it turns something on that shouldn't have been turned on. You know, when children are abused or when they see th- something they shouldn't see too young, it turns stuff on that wasn't supposed to be turned on yet. And it's not fair, but now they have to deal with it because it's in there. That's what happened to Jairus. He's following Jesus and Jesus' entourage. And Jesus is ministering to people all along the way. And Jairus is like, Can we can we get home? My little girl, can we get there? And this guy runs up and says, Jairus. I'll never forget my uncle lay dying in the hospital and we had decided to leave the hospital to go and get something to eat. And me and my uh, my uncles and my grandfather and the family, we, we drove away from the hospital and we were sitting there in the restaurant. And for a few moments, you kind of forget what's going on. And we're eating with each other and we're laughing, we're telling stories and All this, and my grandfather, my very best friend of my whole life, sitting across from me, and my phone rang, and I knew the call that I was getting. I said, hello? And then on the other end, they told me he was gone, and I didn't have to say anything. All I had to do was look up at my grandpa, and he was already The phone rang, he was already looking. And I looked at my grandpa and went. And my grandpa went. And it all changed. All of a sudden, that feeling. So here's Jairus, and he gets that call. The man says, don't bother Jesus, she's gone. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, He saith unto the ruler, Be not afraid, only believe. And I want you to know that no matter what the call is, and no matter what the outcome, At the same time that the enemy delivers the word of fear and defeat, Jesus turns to you and says, don't be afraid, only believe. He might be turning to you right now. Jesus might be stopping everything else he's doing right now to turn to you and say, don't freak out. It's interesting that the very things which grip us and strip us already existed before we knew about them. Caught it, didn't you? Let me say it again. The very things which grip us and strip us already existed before we knew about them. The fact that it is a reality does not affect us until the information of it comes to our mind. Here's what's really interesting. Getting the call about a tragedy debilitates us even if it turns out that it didn't actually happen. A truth does not debilitate you if you don't know about it. A lie debilitates you even though it didn't happen just because you know about it. The issue is here. The issue is right here. Tragedy does not destroy us. Tragedy on our mind destroys us. Are we talking to anybody? Tragedy does not destroy us. Tragedy on our mind destroys us, whether it's true or not. I'll say it this way. It is not what happens that makes or breaks you. It is what you choose to do with it. Whatever happens does not have the power to make or break you. Your response to it, what you believe about it, how you treat it determines what it does to you. The Bible never said that there are no bad things. The Bible never said that hard things don't happen. But it did say, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue... And if there be any praise, think on these things. He didn't say there were no bad things. He just said, if there's anything good out there, think about that instead. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do them. And the God of peace shall be with you. I preached on this one time how there can be a million bad things, but if there's one good thing, think on the one good thing instead of the million bad things. I said, you may have pain in your back and pain in your feet and no money in the bank. I said, but if you can find one good thing. I said, if your nose doesn't hurt, think about that. (laughs) A couple weeks later, Aunt Rosie had been going through a lot, and I said, Aunt Rosie, how are you doing today? She said, well, my nose don't hurt. (laughs) You remember? Well, my nose doesn't hurt. Think on these things. You have to decide what you're going to allow to stay on your mind. And when you do that, the God of peace will be with you. You don't always get a choice in what happens, but you do get a choice in what to do with it. You don't always get a choice in what takes place. But you do get a choice in what you're going to dwell on. What you keep your mind on, you do have a say in it. Too many times we play the victim. And we pretend that we do not have power over it. But that's a cop out and a lie. And I am sorry for what you've been through. And I am sorry that you are hurting, but coddling will never set you free. Somebody needs to love you enough to slap you across the face and tell you to quit thinking about that and tell you to get your mind on something else. You have the ability is inside of you to get your mind on other stuff. It might be hard might not be fair, you may have more to contend with than somebody else, and I'm sorry that you do, but you don't have to stay there. Now, I want to take a little pause in that thought to talk about another one. Never start making decisions based on the fear that you are feeling. Do not make snap decisions because you are scared. You are not in your right mind at that time. You are not in a position to make a healthy, educated choice based on facts. Do not start making decisions when you get the call. Are you with me? You, boy, this one line I'm going to say right here will change everything if we'll use it. I hope you get this one. You need the help of stable people around you in those moments. You need to get to those people. You need the advantage of patience. You need the benefit of rest. You need the strength that comes from time to truly get a clear head. Do not make decisions in highly emotional moments. Fear will lie to you and have you doing things in a moment's time that you'll end up paying for the rest of your life. You will take sudden action to deal with what you're scared of. And you won't even realize what you've just done. And now you got a situation on your hands that you're going to have to deal with forever because you didn't step back and say hold up fear is a liar i am not going to act quickly i am not going to act quickly on fear's demands i am going to get to my friends that love me i'm going to get to grandma i'm going to get to the pastor i'm going to get to somebody i can trust and we are going to talk before i start pushing buttons Fear will lie to you. It has been well stated that the word fear could be an acronym for, ready, false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. When fear moves in in a moment, and assaults your mind you suddenly believe things that are not true when fear moves in and grips you you all of a sudden believe whatever fear is saying instead of believing what you know is true People do dumb stuff when they get scared. They throw out everything they know is correct. And in a moment, start obeying a lie. They start obeying their feelings instead of their principles. That's what fear does. It shows up suddenly and quickly. And it causes you to believe things that are not accurate. It will even use true things. But it will lie to you about what they mean. Somebody could say, no, preacher, my fear was real because this really happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying fear lies to you about what it means and about what you should do with it. Or it convinces you that the thing is going to end you. When really it's not. Fear will take a real situation, but fear will tell you that there's no hope. And that's simply not true. Fear will tell you there's not a way to rise above this. Fear will tell you there's no way out. There's no way to overcome it. There's no way to live. Many people take their own life based on fear. Uh, for years I was so angry at people that took their own life. The selfish act of taking their own life. I was so angry at people that took their life because to me it was entirely selfish. Until I hit a season dealing with those thoughts for myself. And when I begin to contemplate Not being here anymore, it was not selfish. My entire thought was, I am no good for my children anymore. They will be better without me. Come on. That might set somebody free right here, I don't know. Because you might be angry with somebody thinking they were selfish. And although they were wrong, maybe they weren't being selfish. Fear will tell you they'll be better off without you. Fear will tell you that there's no point in moving on. Fear will tell you, go ahead and end it. It's over when it's just not the case. Now, Jairus here has a real situation. It's true, it's actually happening. His little girl really is gone. You know, Jairus did not fall apart when the girl died. He didn't even know it. He didn't fall apart until he got the information. Are you hearing me? When she died, he didn't fall apart. He didn't know it yet. The reality did not destroy him. The information about the reality, when it came into his mind is when he was gripped. But as soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. As soon as he heard, somebody say heard, as soon as he heard the word that was spoken. Listen. When you get the call. Might be today. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it hasn't happened for you yet. But at some point that call is going to come. says as soon as he heard it come. As soon as Jesus heard that report come, when you get the call, be not afraid. Make a choice in that moment, no matter what the report is, no matter what the report says. Say this to yourself. There is more to this than what I right now know. And I refuse to let it take me out. No matter what it means, there might be truth in it, but I am not going to bow down to this which I feel on this report. Nothing is different now than when than before you got the call. It's just that you know about it now. This means that if we were not freaking out before we knew, we are not required to freak out after we know. Much of how we handle things moving forward... Oh, you're going to love this. Much of how we handle things moving forward are going to be determined... By the next person that we tell. Did you catch it? Hearing the report yourself may not determine what happens to you. But who you choose to go to with it next is going to determine what that turns into inside of your mind in your life. that make it better? Well, we'll get there. (laughs) You need to be selective who you tell because their reaction and what they do with it, trying to help you, is going to pave the road for what direction you go. Your future is going to be determined by who you choose to tell and not tell and who you surround yourself with. Let me say it this way. The ball is in your court. It is up to you if you go and tell someone that's going to calm you down or if you tell someone that you already know is going to go nuts with you. You got it? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, you can't control the inf- you can't control what happened. You can't control that the report came to you. But now it's in your hands if you go and take it to some more crazy or if you lay the axe to the root. Too many people Secretly choose drama on purpose. Which one are you? Which one are you? A lot of people, if the report was not bad enough on its own, they intentionally run to people that they know are going to jump in on that nonsense and all of you are going to show up at somebody's house and do something stupid together. And then after you kill somebody, you find out the report might have been wrong anyway. Come on. You need to be very careful who you run to for help. Mark 5 and 37 And Jesus suffered no man to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. What was Jesus' response to this reality-shattering report? I got to get rid of a few folks because not all of them can go here. Some of you are already already surrounded with people that are not helping you. And now when you get in a real crunch and you have a real issue, you surround yourself with those terrible people. And they don't help, and it grows, and it turns into something worse. Jesus did not permit anybody to go with him except Peter, James, and John from the sailboat. Not everyone can go with you to your miracle. Too many will only agree with your trouble. The worst time in the world that you can run to a coddler is when you need a miracle or delivered from something because they are going to jump in and begin to pity you instead of saying, no, we will not accept this. You don't need pity. You need power. That was good, wasn't it? Too many well-intended people only feed your fears in the name of sympathy. But when faith is screaming something different than the circumstances, I don't need more people to agree with the facts. I need somebody to prophesy the victory. Mark 5, 38. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult. And them that wept and wailed great. They're all here crying because the little girl has died. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but, but she sleeps. Now, he wasn't lying. He was speaking... Heaven's view instead of earth's view. He was agreeing with a principle greater than the facts. They laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. He took her by the hand and said in her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted... Here King James says uh, damsel, but it's little girl being interpreted. Little girl, get up. And straightway the little girl arose and walked. For she was about 12 years old. And they were astonished. With a great astonishment. Some of the most powerful words in all of Scripture... But when he had put all of them out, some of you today need to put all of them out. Some of you are keeping them in and you're wallowing in your misery instead of saying, hold on, this has gone on for too long. I love y'all. I appreciate the sentiment. I know that you're trying to help, but you ain't helping. I've got to put you all out. Because you're enjoying too much just sitting here in it. I'm going somewhere. These were not mean people. They were not bad people. They were sincere people. They were hurting. They were caring. But that did not make them spiritual or right. There are wonderful people in your life that love you and want the best for you, but that does not mean they are the best in the situation. That does not mean they are right. I don't need people to console me into defeat. I need people to rise up with me and conquer. So I'm not looking for somebody to just keep patting me on the back. I'm looking for somebody to say, hey, long enough, get up. Whose report will you believe? The situation or the Savior? We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, listen to this. I am not suggesting that everything is going to go the way we want it to. But I am declaring that we accept a lot of things that God had intended to turn around. And we end up staying in it. We call too many things dead that God calls asleep. We see opposition where God sees opportunity. We see defeat where God sees deliverance. We tend to cling to the facts while God operates through faith. Can we please put our faith glasses on? Chris, of course. There's his beautiful rose gold faith glasses. Can we please put our faith glasses on? You know, parents see their children different than everybody else. And people always tell parents, you're wearing your dad goggles. Got your dad goggles on. Why, yes, I do. And my dad is the king of kings and the lord of lords. These are my God goggles. Come on, somebody. You should try them sometime. When I'm looking at things that are earthly, I put these God goggles on and I see things that are heavenly instead. When I'm seeing everything as carnal, I put these God goggles on and I start seeing things that are spiritual. When I'm seeing Biden and Harris, I put these God goggles on. And I remember that 2024 is still on the way. (laughs) We have any patriots in the house? Any um, any real Americans in the house? Woo! Don't drink the Kool-Aid, y'all. Rose says, wrap it up, wrap it up. Think on these things. Think on these things. Quit allowing fear to rule your mind. Quit allowing fear to rule your heart, to rule your home. And that's what it is, too. It is allowing fear to do this because it does not have the right to do it on its own. Fear does not have permission to wreck you unless you give it permission. Fear can't do anything to you without your cooperation, without your permission. Fear can't do anything to you if you refuse to change your schedule for it. When you get that call, but you say, nope, I was on my way to work, and I'm still going to work. Fear's like, fear doesn't know what to do with that. When you say, no, I'm keeping my plans. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, I know there is natural fear, but there are also spirits that operate in fear. So when one shows up, you don't have to believe it. If you wander into a dark alley by yourself because you're an idiot and you feel fear, don't rebuke the fear. Get out of the dark alley. You are supposed to be scared of stupid situations, so you will get out of the situation. But when somebody showed up at the church bringing stuff to our minds that we could not control, I don't, there is a spirit with God, didn't give you that spirit. If you ever hear doctrines being preached, That are filled with crippling fear, you have a right to say, God, I don't know everything about the Bible, but something in this seems like it's not you. You are big enough to protect me from error. You are big enough to get the truth to me. Even if everybody else believes it, even if it's considered orthodox, even if it's popular, even if there's a million books on it, something in this doesn't set right with what I believe is the Holy Spirit inside of me. God, lead me into what is your truth. God has not, come on, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. When you get a report that rattles you, run to a Savior, that settles you. Hallelujah. Call the saints that will stabilize you. Get to the friends that will fill you with faith. Ephesians 6 and 16, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Do you know what the fiery darts are? They are thoughts. They are thoughts that the enemy is throwing those darts at you to see which ones stick. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, I'm almost done. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. You may not be able to see my weapon, but that doesn't change how strong it is. You may not be able to see this sword that I'm carrying in my hand, but it is effective in cutting down the lies. It's sharper than a two edged sword, and it is effective in defeating the lies of the enemy. Casting down imaginations. Casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God brings it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Any fear that shows up that tries to dishearten you, any fear that shows up that tries to take up space in your mind, Any fear that tries to distract you from being able to live, any fear that makes you want to give up and crumble to the floor, you have to take authority over it in Jesus' name and with the help of the family of God. Do not stay quiet. If you are dealing with this, do not remain silent. Do not fight alone. Get to, to your family. Get to church. Get to the Bible. Get to the prayer closet. Do not allow anxiety to reign over you. Philippians 4 6 said it like this Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, the peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, is yours. Praise team, would you come. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.